Hey guys, this is John Domine, and welcome to another episode of In the Spray Room, sold to podcast with some of the best and brightest artists on the street today. Today's sold crew consists of myself, John Domine, Christy CNYC, Hello, Bike Girl, Hello, and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. We're going to do it today, John. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Mm. Before we get started to, and introduce our special guest, Big Ronnie, what, what do we have going on? Well... First thing I have to do is let everybody know where to follow us because I just realized that in our intro we don't tell anybody what our web address or Instagram is. So I'm going to bore the listeners with that for about 10 seconds right now. SoldMagNY.com. That's where you'll find the podcast and all of our original writing. And Instagram is at SoldMag where you will find our coverage of all the shows we go to, stories, quick shots, a lot of fun stuff that we do and push on the feed. Uh, our editors also put up some specials and some giveaways and things like that. So definitely follow the feed. And that's enough corporate branding for the moment. Which is Sold was here. Which is kind of interesting because we're speaking to someone with corp in their name. It's not core. It's not like the Marine Corps. That's C-O-R-P-S. Christy, did you know that? I just found that out. He put like an E five on minutes it and ago. it's dead. <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So our special guest today is J Corp. Hello, hello. Hello to it's you. J Corp with a P, hard P. Hard P. This. Um, yes, so the Corp actually stands for originally corporation. But after this conversation, I'm imagining, you know, I, what my headstone's going to look like. And now I have a name for the followers of the J Crew. Or I guess J Corp Core for the J Corp. I, if I may, it should be the Corp Core. The Corp Core. Yeah, I guess that, that'll work. Or the corpse core, if she's... No, you, no, You like dressing no, up kind of in no. kind of this... I do. Right? I do. Not the corpse core. Corpse core. It could be... It goes well. Like that, C-O-R-P-S-E, but that's not how the other lady's her name. Then she's her name. J-Corpse. <laughs> you want exactly. her to change her name. All right, all right. All right. Do you mind changing your name? Uh, actually, um, <laughs> I will just make another division of J-Corp, and that'll be another J-Corpse. We'll have J-Corp. Actually, funny about the uh, J-Corpse, um, I recently posted a painting... Um, of a uh, of a monster, and somebody named it J Corpse. They were like, "Wow, this is basically like a dead, you know, J Corp painting." And I was like, "Thanks, thanks for that." Corp Core or Corpse Core, one of those two, I think. Either one's a winner right. in my book. So, Bite Girl, let's talk a little bit about our guest's work and how lovely, playful, and whimsical it is. Ah, oh, it's great, and it's you know what the fun thing I have to say is I've watched her evolve. Aww. Because I remember the very first time I met you, and you were painting for JMZ. Correct. And it was cold, and it was one of the few first things you'd done. And just to see the difference in the last few years and how you've sold yourself and the ambition and everything you're doing, it kind of it's kind of cool to say, I knew you when. Because you're going to be one of those people that we're going to be pointing to and say, hey, guess what? We used to know her. Oh, I got a tear. I got a teardrop in my eye. Um, sorry, who's cutting onions in here? Um, no, I mean we will never have to say that because you'll be invited to literally everything still. So you will always that works me. for me. Yeah, I promise I mean, you that. I got your back when it comes to the the finance bros. So oh my gosh, that story. <laughs> I no, have to a... I have to tell the audience that Jay and I actually and I call her Jay because that's just what we kind of call her because on the schedule and everything. But we work together for graph tours here in. The city and she's one of our artist experts and watching her handle a large crowd of people is one of the better parts of my day because she puts them in their place 
And they will leave thinking, isn't she such a sweet little girl? And she basically told them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> I can do it in the sweetest way possible. Exactly. Now, listeners, please sit down and shut up. <laughs> so, John, uh, before we get into it, uh, let's talk about some other business-aware artists. Not necessarily people that are the best at it, the best merchandise people. We've talked about some favorites in the, like that in the past. But I think J-Core is one of a few artists that are coming up today. They're just kind of, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense type of artists. They're not going to chase uh, a small merch run just to say they did something. It's got to make sense. So who, who else do you think is, uh, is doing things the right way on that type of not wasting time type of... Well, I think first off, J-Corp's, like her, her, the characters that she creates lend themselves really nicely to products anyways, right? So whether it's a plushie or it's, um, you know, any, any, any number of different uh, products, she's, they work perfectly for that, right? You're, you go to all of the different um, festivals or product shows to do that, and you make a killing because of, the, you know, the characters that you create and then how they translate so nicely. But as far as other people that do it, well, I think, um, I think top of this would probably be Buff Monster, um, for me, I think he's got uh, a really good product game and, and business sense for that. Um, I think also Zuki does a good job too. I think. Um, trying to think of other ones. Do you have other ones that you can I think, think that, of? I think um, that lately, I have to say, I think Frank Ape is killing the game. Correct. Um, and he's another one I think that's going to absolutely blow up. But you actually have some history working with Buff, don't you? I do actually. I used to. Uh, I used to be Buff's um, uh, artist assistant for oh, a few months. I didn't know that. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I want to say 2015, maybe? Early 15. And um, I had graduated from school, and um, from the School of Visual Arts, and um, I was almost jumped right into it. I had met Suck Lord um, at a juxtaposed 10th anniversary opening, um, the night of my graduation, actually. And little, unbeknownst to me, there are plenty of, plenty of great internship programs with artists and I had gone with the Suck Lord. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was definitely uh, an enjoyable time, but um, I was ready to, you know, go and be, you know, be a paid uh, assistant after that. And um, I had met Buff Monster at uh, My Plastic Heart, and, um, you know, I was complaining to him. I said, you know, Suck Lord doesn't pay me. And Buff Monster looks at me and goes, I pay all of my assistants. And I go, do you need a hand? <laughs> I was like, well, actually, uh, I'll email you. So um, him and Sucklord, Sucklord gave me a gleaning uh, recommendation. And um, next following week, I was at a, a Monster Studio helping him out. And, um, you know, the most of everything, you know, the only thing I can say from that experience is I learned so much about why he's so successful. And Buff Monster is, I want to say he is the most meticulous artist I have ever met. His processes are, they're like, you know, step one through step ten. You have to do every step in the perfect way. And that's why everything he does is so consistent and so, you know. Speaking uh, to the mic, please. Oh, it's so consistent. And, you know, every time you see, it's, it lends itself very well to all kinds of media because the, the image itself is so essential. Um, so, you know, he's, at the time I helped him out with, uh, you know, uh, 
creating and cleaning up graphics for licensing his characters to different brands. Um, he, I was also helping him with creating his own resin toys, you know, in the studio. Now he's gone to, you know, cast concrete and a lot of other things. Um, but just to say, I think being a multifaceted artist coming from any field, especially from street art and graffiti, I think it's, it's a very natural step to step beyond the just painting on the street or wheat pasting, but also to create objects mm -hmm. and artwork too well it's a third dimension think Absolutely. think about um you know if you take sculpture out of it you know guys when was it, it was barely renaissance when people started drawing that that you know field perspective where things started looking actually like real life mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it wasn't just uh you know shapes on on in pig's blood using for paint and stuff like that at the time i believe it was the renaissance when the uh, three-point perspective was becoming like a actually a practiced way of creating art before that everything was symbolic right so you have yeah. all of these uh symbols that represented the narrative but you weren't really depicting just what your eye was seeing on in a, a very literal sense few examples in the encaustic paintings in the late egyptian period mm -hmm. where they started to play with it and it looks like maybe something happened and they lost it the world lost that for years because they have found some of the encaustic um burial shrouds mm -hmm. and death masks that have some of that perspective in them for the yeah. first time hmm. like the eyes that'll follow you and other things that had not existed before then wow bike girl once again coming through with this uh <laughs> yeah. you know for anybody who doesn't know encaustic paintings are made in wax so it's an entirely cool so process before you worked with Buff Monster, would you say uh, he taught you more like the business uh, end of this art world, or I think he taught me most about um, Buff Monster right? and about like the merch game, sort of. Yeah, mostly discipline. Um, pr the practice of being disciplined, showing up to your studio like actually at a certain time. Mm -hmm. He has a ritual when he gets into the studio where he gets changed and he kind of gets into a different mindset. Um, I was hardly in any part of the business of, you know, of Buff Monster. Um, if anything, I was, I had my foot in the business of the suck enterprise a lot more. And, um, and that's a very different kind of, uh, business he's but he's not very the, he's merch. not your normal businessman oh absolutely not and actually if there's anything that i have learned about merch is definitely from suck lord more than anything i mean he's definitely out there he's like well this needs to sell i'm creating these things to sell you know i hate my life i don't want to make resin anymore but he makes it to sell you know it's not just i mean he's expressing himself but it's almost the anti-street art right so you have like people who go out on the street and they're like oh i adamantly don't want people to pay for this I want this to be on the street. It's free. It's supposed to be that way. Toys is very, very different. It's almost like the opposite. Like if, you're, if it doesn't have a dollar value on it, it's just a sculpture. Or it's almost like, well, you know, if there's no exchange uh, of, like the, of it being a commodity, it can't, it's not a toy. It's, a, it's something else. That, that makes a lot of sense because toys are meant to be, there's meant to be like not necessarily mass produced, mm -hmm. but in numbers. Right, and I think the exchange of, of uh, currency for the object is part of uh, what makes a toy a toy versus, you know, what makes it just like a small sculpture or, you know, uh, say if you do like a large sculpture and it belongs on like in a certain park, it's location specific, that's not a toy. Even if it isn't the size, even if it's vinyl, even if it, but if it's supposed to be in somewhere, you know, it's for a, like a, like in Storm King or something. Mm -hmm. Even if you put a vinyl toy in Storm King, if it doesn't have a for sale sign on it, it's not a toy. How did you deal with Sucklewood's sense of humor? Because I loved it's, it. it's it's interesting. You know what a sense of humor is? The first Sunday I worked, the first Friday I worked for him, I uh, helped him clean his windows. The following Friday, he brought in a two giant crates of 
grinder magazine that his mom had from years ago. Makes sense, yep. And he made me go through them all to find any interesting material. So I spent two hours sitting there flipping through every page of this grinder magazine. I went from curious, nervous to curious to can this be over already? And now <laughs> no, nothing in that kind of thing can shock me anymore. So that's his sense of humor for you. I always I love to crack up people on the street when I tell them about his Lords of Chinatown series and all oh, yeah. how he's turned what we think of just the characters that we're used to here in New York, like the ladies who have aluminum cans. Oh, yeah. All the other characters that he actually turns into his he- heroes and villains of the Lords of Chinatown. Well, it was so completely much so his idea. So he dressed idea. you up as one, didn't he? Oh, it was completely his idea to dress me up as, uh, as the Chinatown can lady. And, um, you know, our, our production, the suck productions are fairly low budget and uh, fairly hands-on for the actors. So um, he did go out to uh, one of the stores in Chinatown to buy the outfit and the hat and everything. But, you know, the wrinkles and everything, that was us sitting there, you know, experimenting and all of that video is on his Patreon but um, you know we're sitting there going like does this stick together is this supposed to do that and I was like no it'll, it'll look fine in the photograph it'll look fine in the photograph so um, you know I, I have I've grown up always been an avid cosplayer so he knew that about me and um, you know he was like this is going to be a good project for you I was like okay cool you know I used to I used to dress up as like you know sexy attractive ladies so this was kind of a departure for that but it was actually more fun than you know um, than wearing no clothes at a convention and if you had been white, white, walking down the street we probably would not have recognized you I would say no it was no. pretty well done I would say yeah. no I would, uh, I would say you would probably cross the street from me <laughs> I could probably clear a subway car. You smelled too? Uh, maybe it was more Suck Lord smelling, oh, but you know. Yeah. You rubbed on me a little. That, yeah, that I believe. <laughs> What's up, brother? All right, let's take it to the, uh, the characters and the universe that you've created. Mm-hmm. Boonicorn and all the little furry friends. Where... Is, I don't want to say where did it come from, what's the inspiration, those are boring questions. Yeah. What's the next adventure for the team? Okay, so um, at the moment, we actually just moved into a brand new studio space uh, in Dumbo, and uh, it's actually in a storefront uh, space in the sh- uh, shops at Front Street. So um, it's completely accessible, ground level, and um, we are recently just built some walls and you know infrastructure in there. Um, but we are planning for a new sh- uh, for a, an open studio at the end of the month um, in August. So August twenty fourth is the tentative date, and uh, there we'll have you know a basically a retrospective of sorts um, of all of the evolution of the characters when Boonicorn was a girl, when you know we had different concepts for different characters, um, even years back when I made a clown. So Boonicorn is trans. Runicorn is beyond all of those labels. Cool. And he is every one of those things. Um, at the moment, he's a he. Um, but he actually, I have a, a concept painting of uh, a unicorn girl that I had initially started with. Um, but I, I thought, you know, I've always made all my characters girls. And I was like, you know, I was stepping out of my comfort zone. But why don't I make this character a boy? You know, I've. But he was a girl. So it was not uh, that far point. outside. It of. was not that far. I've drawn a lot of unicorns, but uh, actually, it was funny because when um, when Bite Girl and I first met, that was when I was painting JMZ, and yeah. I had 
And if you remember the painting that came after that, after it got ragged um, right. by the locals, I put up a, uh, a, uh, my version of the Venus painting, so the, the Venus in a, in a um, seashell, and that was the very first beginning appearance of Boonicorn. And back then he had a beard, and he had like um, shaggy hair. And so, you know, he was a boy first, and he was actually an older man first. And then I, you know, he became a girl, and then now he's kind of like a younger... John, she's speaking about the painting The Birth of Venus by Botticelli. Yes. Where Venus Mm. is born on, I believe it was a conch shell. Mm. Oh, okay. A Rubenesque beauty, as you'd call them for the time. Venus on a half shell. Now, I didn't know there was a unicorn in that piece. No, 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 there isn't. Oh. She's saying that that's where the inspiration came from, that painting. And, of course, the second time I met you, you were at school painting Frida. Oh, that's correct. I, I had style. to. I had to. Yes. It's a, there's a calling in the in the street art world that if there you're certainly like, is, isn't there? If you're a female street artist, sooner or later, you're gonna yeah, do Frida. Frida. Hey, if you're a skater, you gotta paint Bart, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a good point. I can't argue with you. And there. if you're from Brooklyn, you're gonna do a Biggie. Just get it out of your system because Biggie's gonna it. come. Gotta do it. <laughs> so, John, um, let's talk about unicorns. I like unicorns. This is why I didn't address the ladies with this question. Um, For members of our audience, John is probably as close to a unicorn as you will ever see walking down the streets of New York. He well, wants I, to like, save chubby unicorns, too. I, do. <laughs> I love chubby unicorns. You know, the, the rhinos. Oh, got it. Yes, save the rhinos. And, uh, okay, so let's... let's uh, that was silly. Let's get back to uh, Let's get rhinos back Rhinos are here. Sorry for getting now, silly. Also save the bees. Save the bees. Let's talk about bees. I put up a Facebook post the other day, J Corp, J Corp, that said in the first 40 and a half years of my life, I was around exactly zero beehives. No. In the last six, seven weeks, I've been around seven beehives. Now, is there an app for this? Or? No, no. Just, I just Everybody's went, into bees. I went on a meter oh. tour and it was uh, five beehives on the roof and our buddy Steve Stoppert, street art uh, sold contributor, uh, Godfather, has two uh, hives in his like backyardish that he's trying to curate. So they were all uh, owned hives. They weren't ones that you just... They were created hives. Right. I, did, I wasn't stumbling through the forest and, and whoa, a beehive. Well, no, that's I mean, right. that home, right? I was no thinking, African eyes. No, you. we were in Brooklyn and Manhattan. <laughs> Wow. And I guess that's a good thing that Definitely a good bees thing. are staying. So why, do, does Boonicorn have any bee buddies? Not yet. Mm. Might do. Bzz. Now that we've had this conversation. No, bees are, bees are great. I hate wasps, but, you know. Oh, well, wasps those things, are, but. yeah, kill them. Now, now, the rating for this podcast, I just got to check right now. Is oh, you're allowed to say whatever you want. So if you want to just bust it out, just go for beep. it. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, we won't tell your mother to listen unless you do. So uh, say whatever you want. It's okay. They already spy on everything on social media. There you go. So let, let's talk about the families uh, uh, or friends and people you grew up with, like before art school. Mm-hmm. Everybody you knew before art school, are they digging the boonicorn and their friends? Are they digging the direction? You know, the funny thing is, 
most of the people that I've that have reacted since you know before I left. So, little background: I'm originally from Hong Kong. So before I went to art school in the city, I actually grew up in Hong Kong. So um, where I went to school, it's a school for expats. So most of the kids are trained to leave Hong Kong to go somewhere else. So right now, maybe for my graduating class, like half of them are like in the UK, which obviously Hong Kong and the UK connection. Um, a lot of them are in Canada, on Vancouver, and surprisingly, there is a number of them in New York. Um, much like anybody else from high school that you might know that are in New York, you walk by on the street and you high five each other and move on with your day. <laughs> so uh, there have been a few people that's reached out in the past. Um, they've been some good friends of mine, but also there's been a couple of people that I thought did not fuck with me in high school. And suddenly was like, yo, I see what you're doing. This is really cool. Can I buy? Or rather, it's like, oh, like this is really cool. I really like that X item that you did. And I go, yeah, you know, you can check it out on my web store. Let me know what you want. I can give you a little, you know, discount off the shipping. But you know, that's, I don't think we're good friends enough, especially what you said about me. And you know, the year before we graduated, I'm. Are you saying you hold grudges? I. They trail after me. Yeah, yeah, I don't hold them. They just, you know, they so follow me around. growing up in Hong Kong and yeah. being in New York now, what do you see as the major difference in the street scene? Oh, you know what's crazy is when I first left Hong Kong, I was like, oh, Hong Kong is, like, too conservative. There's nothing here. Uh, you know, I can't do what I want to do. Um, after coming to New York is when I learned that actually there's a huge underground scene that I was just not exposed to because I'm from the suburbs in Hong Kong. So what's crazy is now um, I visited Hong Kong a couple times in the last year, and there is actually huge local graffiti scene, you know, starting up. My parents are always sending me uh, snippets of the newspaper where there's like, oh, local artist paints gate in Hong Kong Island, right? So now I'm like, oh, snap, like, you know, I just left like a few years ago and now it's, you know, the tides have reversed. Um, I do think though, uh, the, I think the walls and space-wise, visual space in New York is very maxed out, where, especially in Manhattan downtown. Um, whereas in Hong Kong, it's just so new that there is really a huge space for like an, a, what the equivalent of a Bushwick collective to like, boom, suddenly 50 murals go up in a week. Like there is definitely potential for that. The only thing is I did know, I did remember there were a bunch of space invaders back in Hong Kong. And back in the day, I had just walked past them. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Not knowing that there's a whole app for it, um, and uh, last time I went, they were removed. So I do oh. say th I do think that they are very vigilant on removing illegal graffiti. So you mentioned the Space Invaders. You might tell people about that because I know you're one of the one of the um, fe fellow addicts. I yes, addict is a word. Um, completely consumed by is another word. Um, well, basically, Space Invader. Um, if listeners don't know, he is a fr French uh, street artist that um, puts up street art of tiles. And, uh, you know, the earlier works look, they resemble the Space Invader from the video games. Um, but later on, with more and more invasions, he's created different characters like Snow White and, you know, Apples and Teenage other Mutant things. Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Superman, Joey Ramone, Pizza, oh, yeah. Lou Reed, yeah. Pizza, um, various other things. And um, there is an app where you can see them and collect them, um, you know, with. Uh, How many points do you have? Okay, so at the moment, I've collected... Stella, how many points do you have? Are we doing let's this go. Right we're, oh, we're, right let's go. Christy, let's go. Did you get the brand, brand spanking new one on the corner of the Bowery Wall that's only been there about a week? I know, but I've done it. No. Yes. I missed it. Is it gone? It's a 
I don't it's a believe, reactivation. I, yeah, yeah, it's a reactivate, oh, but it's... 1730. You're not Seven, supposed to tell them. Stella's got 1730. Points? Adventuring it all. 3680. Ooh. I'm still looking for mine. You guys keep talking. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll that answers everything. 36. Well, okay, so I do have a few in, um, not only in New York, I, was, I, had, a few, I had 18 in Hong countries? Kong. I yes. Four, okay, so three countries, four cities. I have three countries. What cities? Italy, LA, mm. New York. I have New York, Rome, Hong Kong, Rome. Tokyo, and LA. Oh, you got Rome. Yeah. Nice. Ah. I only found one. I have one in LA. Sean, didn't you just get a new phone? Shouldn't this be quick? Yeah, I only have, uh, I've only found, how many do I have? No, Wait, where do I find my score? Go, just go to the regular, regular one. Just hmm. I don't know what this is. Again, this is Flash Anyways, I have Invaders. Yes, really Flash easy invaders. to download, really easy to find. And if you have kids and you're going on vacation anywhere in the world, download this app because now, this is your chance to keep their heads out of their phones. Unfortunately, let me break the hearts of most other artists that want to do something like this for their work. Unfortunately, it lends perfectly to Invaders because of his 8-bit style mm-hmm. gridded work yes. he uses subway tiles for everything usually three by three four by fours or i think the joey ramon was six by six tiles it was big the one in um brooklyn yeah and no. then the one in uh the Italy is actually like the little one by ones so. i do i do think though the one in los angeles that i have that belongs to oh belongs to a the one at the top of the standard we got that one. Uh, no, this is Ooh. actually um, shout out uh, DKE Toys Dove. Um, he is a huge Invader fan as well, and um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to disclose too much, but he has access to a very large Invader, and each of the tiles actually, because of the height, they're actually one of the larger ones, so they're like six by six at least. Um, they're very high up, so I can't even tell you how big the tiles are. Um, but that's the biggest tiles I've seen, and there's a standard, you know, Invader um, shape. So you are officially the um, the leader at the table. I only have uh, I found only thirty nine, but and twenty three hundred points. So, Ooh. but you're a solid second place, though, John. Yeah, See, not, and I'm in nice. dead last. Not too bad. I only have New York, San Diego, and Tokyo. So, I've been trying to get one off the J train now for months, and I can't get the train to slow down when I go past that one to get that one. Everyone knows which one I'm yes. talking about. Yes, just outside the Marcy Street Station, look to your right, it's going to come by on a blue wall, and it goes by too fast to catch it. You're just going to have to wait till the you know the train stops and run on Exactly, the that day when the train is dead. Now, how many pieces got reactivated lately? It was a bunch. It was a, it was a good half dozen, right, in New York? Yeah, I believe so. That's, I've only heard of them. Yeah. Oh, John's showing us the one. He got it. I got it. Oh. Woot, woot. Yeah. Do I have that one? Yeah. Oh, it's the speech bubble one. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Ah, see, now, I have, to, have to, I have to thank the, uh, the uh, what is it, the Invader Symposium, because I did end up going to that in Central Park. Ah. I just wrote a note. I asked her about the event last Saturday. So and, tell us um, about it. Yeah, so it was great. It was uh, it was a few weekends ago on a Saturday, and I was invited to go to the symposium. And uh, you know, we we showed up in Central Park, and um, you know, there was uh, two two balloons was how we were supposed to identify the group. It was a leopard print one and a pink one, and we walked all around the baseball you know stadium, and I'm like, I don't even know who I'm looking for, and then suddenly I see the balloons. So I'm like, you know, my boyfriend, uh, Bo, and I walked over there and tentatively, and I thought, what, you know, this is the best way to say hi. I go up and I go, boop, boop, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> and they all looked up and they go, I was like, oh, this must be the, 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 the,
And uh, actually, they had um, anticipated our coming, and um, they made little pins with our uh, usernames on it. Uh. So it's like a little invader pin with the, you know, it says J Corp. And um, it turns out it's uh, four French people. Um, two of them, I think, working in the United States. And uh, they had like baguettes and prosciutto and <laughs> wine. And uh, we spent the time mostly either playing Cards Against Humanities or we were staring at our invaders <laughs> in New York and like comparing notes. I'm like, well, did you get this one? Did you get the other one? So I have a couple of, uh, you know, notes in my, on my phone about places that I still have to visit to get the remainder of the New York ones, especially the reactivations. Yeah. Um, Can I borrow your phone for a second? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't provide you with anything to, uh, you know, that nobody already knows. But, um, no, they were really, really, uh, really open about sharing Invader tips. Um, I actually recently bought one of the Invader books and I, you know, the, the, um, the game book, the activity book. So I, I brought it over. We kind of like looked at, looked at it. We shared, um, you know, again, tips and, uh, things like, maps and things like we didn't have a map map but they were like literally showing me like this is the corner now you gotta in this one in meatpacking now you gotta like put your phone in it but then you gotta tilt it up and then you gotta just try a lot of different angles um much like the one at the uh, the, the, the the show the tonight show that one was oh was that one hard to get i know you i don't have it yet uh, I thought you had show? tickets to go. I did. I got tickets to go. The wow. angle that we were at oh. was just not good for that. It just so, couldn't. Uh, it's inside. It's inside the, the theater. theater. Yeah. And you're not allowed to pull your phone out for obvious reasons. And towards the end, you know, we waited till the end of the show because even if the kick us out, we're not missing. You know, we already oh. saw Jason Bateman, and and um, so we we tried it and we did like a lot of tries from you know that we can only stand in one angle, and we got outside and we tried them all and they all failed. Oh. I know, is it the Ed Sullivan Theater? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Where Colbert? Uh, yes, Colbert. Yeah. Colbert, Colbert. Yeah. 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 And actually, in the set of Colbert, right in front of his desk, there's actually a water tower by Shepard Ferry also. I have to say they grew up together, so that would Did make they? sense. Yeah, they're both from Charleston, South Carolina. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Coming through with the factoids. <laughs> John, if you had to hang out for an afternoon with a street arts character... Street artist's character, who would it be? Don't think too long. Well, I do. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking Bunicorn. Bunicorn has a good time. Right, I mean, Bunicorn drinks as much as I do. So. Oh <laughs> and Bunicorn, you know, Bunicorn farts rainbows. How can you get better than that? <laughs> he does. I've been told I do the same. So. <laughs> you guys have would, a lot would to Would Bunicorn fly? I would like to take oh, yeah. a ride. Oh, yeah. With, you, you wouldn't even have, like, he, he used to have wings. Is that your pickup line, Christy? Do you fly, baby? Because I'd like to take a ride. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. I'll, I'll you text got him. Me. I'll text him right now. I'll text him and let him know. Oh, okay. Christy wants a ride. Yes, because you are generally his social secretary, correct? Essentially, yes. He, he, he And even me, he barely texts me back. So, you know, he's not very reliable on oh. the text. Now, I'm kind of digging this kimono that you have on with oh, his... He's got Bunicorn in a, a surrounded by a flower and uh, all sorts of things there. I just love his drool, too. It's oh, just yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah. so officially, he's, 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 uh, he drinks a lot of party juice. But, um, you know, we, as adults, we hold all on, have our versions. So that depends on what you consider party oh. juice. So, you know, it, it's like, I think Bunicorn is like... Well, he could be that, too. See, we call um, it jungle juice. When you don't ooh. know what's in it, uh, that's your stuff that you drink. Oh, that's his jungle that's juice. That's Everclear and Hawaiian that. Punch. 
it's 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 sometimes red jungle juice, yes. but it doesn't have to be. It could kind of be anything you want. It's when you tell everybody to bring a bottle and you have a trash can in the middle of the room and they just pour their bottle in it and you go for I it. I had a buddy that would do half scotch, half drambouille, so that nobody else would drink it. Ugh. I'm, I'm gagging thinking about it. Oh, wow. But listen, Boonicorn's also for the children, which is why we can't say that it's um, anything more you than... You said Boonicorn's a big drinker. No, of, of the party juice. Well, like, it's, it's like this. It's like this. Party So, like, if you're... Say you're, like, a three-year-old, right? And your parents are like, don't drink Coke. Right. You know, it'll give you a stomachache, which right. my mom told me, by the way. Yep. Um, biggest lie ever, mom. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you're a kid, you want to drink soft drinks. And the reason why your parents don't want you to drink it is because of the sugar. But to you, as a three-year-old, the party juice is Coke. Like, if you give a three-year-old some whiskey, it's going to be like, I don't want any... Kids, like, I don't want any of this stuff. Like, thanks. But, you know, no thanks. I don't like beer. So um, he's not an alcoholic. No, no. But not, he still drools. Yes, absolutely. All right, all right. He's a, you know, he's a space case, too, uh, a all little right. bit. Now, what are his... What are, like, give me some of his... Uh, I don't want to say political views, but, like, what are Boone Accord, Like, what, what is what is he... What does he get down with? What's his What's his jam? So, like, his jam is all about, like, just having fun right. and, like, good times, right? That's me so, so far. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that sounds that's about right. Oh, well. I have to ask about your farts later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I think that the, the important thing about Boonicorn is to, like, not think too hard about it. And the whole thing, the whole thing about Boonicorn is that he shows up. He has a good time. He may or may not break a few hearts, but at the at the same time, you know, like if you ask him, like, did he vote? He said, "Well, I don't even live here. I don't live in this country. I don't. I'm I'm an ethereal being. Like, why would he have to be involved?" Your you know? terrestrial rules and regulations don't interest me. Think of him like a like a good Rick. No, I think of him more like a Doctor Manhattan from Oh yeah, um, uh, Watchmen. Party Manhattan. He's he's kind of like um you know I'm over here doing my thing and everybody's kind of down with it, but I I kind of hate the scene a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's kind of seen it all. Like so, Boonacorn doesn't have an age. He's kind of been around, and the reason why he still sticks around a party is because he can see the best in. in people in beings in creatures and aliens or whatever it is he sees the best in all of it so he still sticks around like he's not you know in his own planet in a cave like this i'm gonna isolate myself so ultimately i think the worldview is that there is positivity to be found all through the times so he's he's an optimist i think deep down yeah he acts like a dick but well you know he's like a grumpy uncle Exactly, but you he's still a want him there at Thanksgiving. Well, but no uncle though, no uncle. No uncle, but you no still. Uncle. Well, he's like the guy you still want to come to Thanksgiving because he brings a good dish, but sometimes he's sitting in the corner mumbling. Yeah, like himself. he's not gonna. He's not gonna wash the dishes. I can promise right. you that. But he's definitely gonna come through. This, and you sure this isn't me, Stella? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't wash dishes. She says. Oh. Ooh, that's a that's a big conversation. <laughs> Hey, so I wanted to ask one question about, um, well, you know, you, you and Bite Girl have a long-standing friendship, mm-hmm. and um, I think something that was really touching to me, and I kind of wanted to find out more about it, was the, the fact that you basically created this avatar of, uh, of Bite Girl, which is just amazing. I one love of my it so prized much. possessions in the whole world. Yeah, and so what, uh, what prompted that, and, <laughs> and, you know, because it's such a great thing, I mean, it, it, it it really embodies her her spirit, I think, and and you didn't. Say, I mean, it's a cartoon, but it's just in such a great. I, I, I would immediately <laughs> know that was her, you know. So it's just so good. Well, first of all, that's because 
that girl's very iconic. Um, you can recognize her. Literally, I will recognize you from like, especially if there's a show nearby. It's like two blocks down. I know that's her walking towards us. Um, well, this came about uh, because, like Audrey first said, we uh, work together um, for Graph Tours. And um, I also have experience in uh, web design. Like I'm a graphic designer as well. So, um, you know, on my freelance times, I have worked in like digital marketing. And so I also help out with graph tours on like maintaining their, uh, their web, doing a little bit of branding and doing graphic work. And so um, at the time, you know, we didn't have a, uh, a good um, visual representation of bike girls. Because I refused to allow them to put my picture on the web. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, I thought, you know, she, I love her and, um, and the company was going to pay for it. So I, yes, thank you, Gabe. Thank, thank you, Gabe. you for creating something that's become so me and never being a pill about the fact that you kind of own it. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And you know what? That's kind of like one of the biggest gifts from Gabe to the both of us is yeah. to facilitate this, um, this commission. And um, I was, I actually uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to do with the hat. Because I thought. Money. You know, it's so money. It's oh so my God. Perfect. Yeah. Honestly, all blue is something. You could take the camera out of her hand, the hat, it just neck up, you know, it's her. It's just, it's spot on. It's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I had this idea that, like, if ever you wanted to change out the hat for something else, I could easily, you know, remove that layer, do a different thing on the hat. Now I can put a Frank hat or whatever hat you wanted, um, and it would be sort of a, especially on the card as well, on the T-shirt, all of those things are, like, all interchangeable things. Not to make you into a dress-up doll, but, you know, it would be kind of interesting. Well, that I think. would be, I mean, that would actually be fun because that would be the only way anybody would ever do that. Okay, so, so quick <laughs> departure, though. Seriously, awesome. serious on that. Seriously. <laughs> Now, now, bike girl. When I saw you when you got back from Winwood two years ago. You, you had a, you had a crocodile Dundee hat on, purple pin straight hair. You were looking like a champ. That was a little bit of dress up, wasn't it? A little bit. That's, yeah, that's about as close as you're gonna get. Yeah. I'd like to see you in one of these kimonos. I would. I would so. Oh, I would. I'd be all over one of those kimonos. I think they're incredibly cool. The yes. Okay, bike girl, dress up. Uh, we're, we're putting it together, right? Yes. Yes. So, yes. So, so years Makeover. ago, when yes. I was growing up, I had these, and people don't remember this, but I had dress-up dolls that were made of paper. Paper dolls. So you would fold the flaps oh, yeah. over. Yeah. Dolls. Remember. Nobody remembers no, I this. Remember. I'm old enough to do not remember paper dolls. I, I have to say them. that that was, so, for some of us, that was one of the few things we had. That, do you remember that color forms? Yes. Everything has a tattoo of paper dolls. Color forms are so, I, I think mean, you should, you should make you paper would, dolls. Oh my gosh, Boonicorn would, color would, forms would be in, I would buy it. Yeah. I would so yeah. buy it. <laughs> make Hold a list. On. Hold that's, on. That's big. Color forms are pretty fun. Shrinky Dinks. And oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shrinky, shrinky Dinks are the best. <laughs> shout out to Johnny Real who made me some big Ronnie Shrinky Dinks a couple years ago. No, you would love color forms. Whoa! <laughs> what is going on? And I'm putting a plug for uh, Weeble Wobbles, please. Oh yeah, Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. I got called a Weeble Wobble on high school football. Aww. Oh That's my gosh! Did I hit a nerve in there? <laughs> <laughs> happened. Because I, they could not. Well, I guess down, that's better than fat. Bozo the Clown. So, <laughs> I got called a Weeble Wobble. <laughs> All right, now, Christy. Because you're you're one of the editors at the table, I'm going to look for your editing opinion here for a second. If you had to start off a new universe, if you will, 
The Adventures of Boonicorn and... Uh, maybe Poe Boy, Chris RWK's robot. Ooh, uh, that'd be good. Ooh, that's hot. See, one's yeah. existential and one's kind of not. I like it. Yeah. One is just, he's about a party and I the other guy is... Yeah, know, I kind of feel like I'm they would just and I'm getting better and here go I explore different planets. And mm. yeah. But Unicorn doesn't hold down a day job, so he could like float in on... Poe and... Yeah, Poe can just, just hop on and I mean, go for a ride. To, you know, if if Poe wants to keep this 9 to 5, just come out afterward, you know? <laughs> I think Happy that would hour. be a perfect team. Frozen margaritas. <laughs> Sorry, frozen party readers. Par- that, that's his... Party that's readers. His, uh, party juice? One of them, yeah. Uh, party readers. Yes. <laughs> and he's not an alcoholic. Not always. Right. Not always. But if Hennessy wants to, you know, sponsor an event, he can be an alcoholic. Oh. You would think, though, that a unicorn would be one of the creatures that could probably could hold his liquor. I honestly think, like, he has, like, the most powerful liver if there is a liver to be, you know. If, if a unicorn can't process, you know, party juice, what, what can't, you know? Everybody knows unicorns have big livers. Let's, let's, let's talk about something a little more important than that. So just skip over animal, animal <laughs> I'll show the time. x-ray for it. It's, yeah, all right, throw it <laughs> out for us. But I'm going to ask you the question in the meantime. And something we ask of everybody that is not born in this country, and I mean Brooklyn, as in this country... Uh, what is your favorite neighborhood in New York City? And what is your favorite food? I'm very interested in your Hong Kong-born New York Now opinion. Okay. Uh, favorite neighborhood? I got I got a couple. It's not Williamsburg. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we went over there and we were like, this is dead now. Um, but I would say to hang out in for fun, Lower East Side and these village um but to like chill on a sunday dumbo for sure for absolute sure there's like i think there are a lot of different neighborhoods that cater to like what you want to do so like i have a lot of favorite activities like if i want to go and like beef with people i'm gonna go to bushwick and like you know like oh this is where i'm gonna go to like do my like daily like adrenaline like oh, i'm gonna go over these people and like beef with people but that's not something i would go and do in like you know lorie side i would go and be like hey let's go hang out and have a good time i think the lorie side's my favorite neighborhood in the city absolutely absolutely and there's just so many like i have a lot of good friends in the neighborhood too um that you know i stop by i could go and i could stop by suck lords and then i'll go by rabbit house and then i'll go say hi at like con art right and then go down the block and have a little bit of ramen and then go walk around and say hi to like my plastic little bit of ramen where's your best ramen oh god maybe five years ago i would say i used to go to satagaya on um st mark's uh now i want to say kogane in brooklyn heights is actually pretty good they have the thin straight noodles and they're not just the curly ones um, and then Samurai Papa in um, Bushwick, also by the uh, b- Food Bazaar. Um, the only reason why I recommend them is because they have, in the summer, giant shaved ice. Like, you can order just, like, a cup of shaved ice this tall, and I'm indicating about six inches to eight <laughs> inches tall. Um, and you can pick whatever flavor jam you want on it. Like, it, it's amazing. So, you know, on top of just noodles, you can also get. And it's in the b- middle of Bushwick, so it's hip, right? So I don't know anything in Bushwick anymore. Another question, because some of us love going to Chinatown, but we don't always know what we're eating. Mm-hmm. What is the best noodle, what's the best dumpling dim sum when you, when you want to feel like you're back home? Okay. Where do you go? So dim sum wise, it's 
on Mott Street. It's next to Chinatown Fair. Um, the reason, like, actually, you can attest to how authentic this is by the fact that I don't even remember its English name. So um, I actually know the Chinese name of this restaurant. So it's actually, a, it's an upstairs spot um, by Chinatown Fair. Um, and the reason why I think that it's the most authentic dim sum is because my mom says so. And it has an escalator going up on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, escalator, I, I would more rather is just like several steps up. Hold on. There's one, it's not an escalator that makes dim sum authentic, John. <laughs> I think it is actually. It, is it, well, there's a lot of escalators Christy, in Hong Kong. Yeah. Christy, stay focused here, please. Listen, <laughs> I, I haven't even gotten I mean, to the it... joke yet. You're laughing already. I like that Christy's an <laughs> easy audience and I love it. But I didn't tell the joke yet, Okay. Christy. All right. I'm waiting. It's not... An escalator that makes good dim sum. It's what? What is the what is the main thing that every good dim sum restaurant has? Chicken feet or duck tongues. What is it served in? What? No, I'm just kidding. Sauce. No, the steam cart. The lady. Oh, oh yeah, 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 of course, yeah, of course, of course, the cart. They walk for sure. you around. The key, yeah. man. If you yeah. don't have the steam cart, don't call yourself dim sum. Don't even try that around here. Okay. Addendum to that. Um. The steam carts come out like before midday, and if you're still able to order dim sum after noon, you just gotta know that it's not freshly made at that time. Um, dim sum is typically made in huge batches earlier in the day, and from like 9 a.m. or whenever they open to like 11:30 is where it's like dim sum hour, and the carts come out. Um, you know, you could also order on like a piece of paper, but after that, if you're still able to order it, it's not the freshest batch after that. The so. right way to order dim sum is two of these, three of those. <laughs> Correct. Um, although I would definitely order like as many varieties as possible. And the key to good dim sum, I swear to God, this is the only key. It's just got to be super hot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just got to be, like, steaming, like, burning your mouth hot. Like, that is how I like all my food. Uh, my boyfriend thinks I'm crazy. But I always say, you know, if it doesn't burn my mouth, it doesn't, it's not, it's just a Chinese thing. It's a Chinese thing. But I heard that about soup dumplings, but it never with oh, regard absolutely. to dim sum. But soup dumplings all of have it. to be so hot. That, yeah. that I know. They serve them intentionally. You know who told me about soup dumplings? Sean Sullivan. That's why you bite the top off and you suck the stuff out first, so that no, when you that's, take that, it. That's that's a different type of party. I don't know what you're talking about. Soup Audrey. dumplings. Okay, so the soup dumplings, the ones, the, soup out. the ones that have the soup on the inside. Yes. All right. So what you want to do is you want to pick the thickest part of the top, and you want to bite that off delicately so that everything still stays inside. Yeah. You get the vinegar that it comes with. Mm-hmm. Take a couple of spoonfuls, put it inside, mm. and then you can mash it up. Or if you don't want to mash it up, just use the flour out, outside shell as a bowl. Right. And just continue to see how long you can even play this game with yourself and see how long you can keep the soup contained. The first one I tried to eat, I was taught how to do it the right way, just as J-Corp described. I didn't do it well, made a mess. And then I just ate them in one bite after that. I waited for them to cool down, just one bite. I'm, what's, the, what's with the, the fanfare? They're delicious. Stick it in your mouth and bite it. You, and I they're very that. Hong Kong, aren't they? So the uh, soup soup ones, um, the little guys, the little ones are actually from Shanghai. Okay. The big ones in the whole bowl, like that's Hong Kong. That's dim sum. Oh, I've never had a big one. Ooh. I've only had the little guys. Ping Seafood. I found it. Ping Seafood on Mott. Okay. Like they're the ones who have like, you we know, have Hong to Kong go. chefs. We have to go. Because then I would go. actually know what I'm eating. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can't tell you what the sauce Generally, is when you're like, oh, what are they served? I'm like, sauce. But it's usually <laughs> no, but some you're going to know if they're telling you if it's chicken, pork, or shrimp. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yes. It used to be alive. That let's just leave it at that. Let's not dig too deep. It's yummy. I like it. Dim sum for everybody. Yes. 
Now, we usually ask our artists who they want to collaborate with, like a dream collab, but that's, I'm going to switch it up a little bit for you. We're going to make it a dead artist. Ooh. Someone that you can't possibly collab with, but maybe Boone Corner and his powers could make it happen at some different realm. Oh. Who is it? Oh. Got to be dead, like not like a dead Korean, like physically, like person dead. Okay, so that got... Wait, what, did you say a dead Korean? No, a dead Korean. That's a that's a that's a check. Wait, it's got to be a dead Korean. No, it's. I was like, I'm not sure how I can politically correct you. My bad. Is this something we don't know about you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What dead Korean accent uh, artist? <laughs> yeah, not a dead career. <laughs> J Corp is not racist. <laughs> I love, I love everybody, except Chinese mainlanders. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They're great, too. They're great too. Has to be a dead artist. I think, um, honestly, I want to, I want Boonicorn to be part of Duchamp's uh, old salesman briefcase. So I had a huge fascination with him in school, and he actually may be one of the first influences I had in the merch game. Um, this changed my life. I found out that after he's done all of his conceptual stuff with like the, the urinal, the, uh, the shattered glass, you know, like Bachelor Even, whatever, um, he actually used to carry with him a briefcase where he had miniatures of like his best works. And when you open up the briefcase, it's just tiny little miniatures of like his works. Like a salesman work. supply thing. Like a, a salesman uh, sampler sales kit, yeah. kit exactly. from the old days. Like a mini kit of all his best pieces. There's tiny urinal in there there's like you know a tiny room where he like had all the strings around it and i thought to myself like he actually had the ego to like carry like a mini version a mini museum of his own work like i don't i don't think that it would be like a collab necessarily if anything i want to steal that idea and have like you know because that's the early like let's think like miniature of like of paintings, right? So, like, you have, like, uh, you know, Tara McPherson has her paintings and she has a miniature toy of her of her paintings. Okay. You know, Murakami. Yes, that's it. And that's actually on view at the, uh, in the Philly Art Museum, the one that Rocky ran up. And, um, and that, well, that, and there's a, there is one that's actually has the multi-levels um, and that's, that's just the briefcase that he's holding right there. Yeah, so you see his, like, he has, like, mini, like, postcards, well, prints of his paintings. He has all of this. Um, the mini sculptures is basically what I'm, what I'm, you know, mostly impressed by. But I was, he's like the first merch, you know, artist before even Warhol was around, you know? So Boonicorn has uh, powers to transcend both time and space, I've read. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so he could theoretically be in there somewhere, and we just haven't... We just don't see him yet. because he's hiding. He could be. Um, I guess so. I mean, maybe maybe right now I'm just kind of art geeking and just kind of talking a little more about, like, artists that I'm in, I'm inspired by. But if Boonicorn had to go back, we would just have to find the... I think we would just have to find the biggest fuckboy in history and have him party with him. I think that's it. It might not be a dead artist. You heard artist. it here. <laughs> you heard it here first. Biggest fuckboy in history. So he'd get along really well with Alec Monopoly then. Who was that? <laughs> oh. You trying to cause waves here? <laughs> so getting back to the um, dead careers, whose career <laughs> would you would you like to resurrect if you could? Oh god. Yeah, who was the dead career that popped into your head? 
conveniently drinking, thinking of a good answer, deep breath, <laughs> shuffle no, the cards. No, I'm, I'm mostly I'm mostly thinking about like like um like Cause's graffiti career. Mm-hmm. Like Cause is like such a major artist now. But there is like his graffiti is completely forgotten about, and it's like, oh well, he was a graffiti artist or graffiti writer. He was a writer. kid from Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, if there's anything to resurrect, it's like, well, I'd like to see more of that again. You know, like imagine if like if he started tagging again, the buildings that he tags would just be like what happens to Banksy's, you know? Like, it could get protected. Like, you know, it would be what some of the biggest news, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Not a mural, though. Like, illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we were to resurrect part of the practice, I think his graffiti career is kind of, like, non-existent right now. Thank you. Thank you. John, what else is there to say? I was going to ask one thing. What was, um of your products that you've created, what one is the most, uh, I don't want to say successful, but... The one that is most popular with people, like when you go to the different shows and things, which one is the one that people are like, oh, I, I need this? Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the, the first plushie, um, the plushie cushion uh, of Boonicorn. So uh, the reason that is is because, first of all, they are – so I've gotten – this is the first thing that I've gotten mass manufactured um, that isn't just like a sticker or an enamel pin. This is something that I had um, – gone through with a factory and they created several samples for me. I've been telling a lot of, I've been sharing the story of the process of creating this toy um, so much with like, you know, friends and also followers on social media that you kind of even know the birth of this, of this toy um, before he was even out. So the, the fact that there's a narrative, second of all, it notches really well into your neck. So if you want to take it on the plane, like the, the part where, where his neck and his back join actually fits into your neck perfectly. So it's a one-sided neck pillow as well as, you know, a plushy toy. Um, and the third thing I think people are, uh, it, it hasn't been so commonly done before where a character coming from, say, like, you know, the origins of, like, street art or whatever um, has been made into a plushie. There's been a variety of, like, uh, vinyl or resin toys, but a plushie is relatively new um, as a, you know, from a character artist. So I think that's another novelty to be like, oh, wow. And also, it's $20. So it's it's one bill. Oh, yeah. It's one bill. I watched a whole group of kids one day. Uh, Basically, you sold out because it was the best that's souvenir right. That's right. that they could possibly have. They had done an art lesson with her and they bought the unicorns and these girls were so excited because they were saying this is the best possible souvenir they could have ever gotten in New York. It's unique and the character himself is so lumpy. You're just like he lends so well to the plushy form. Um, this is one of those uh, scenarios what I would say the character design and the material chosen is like a good match for each other if you have a spiky character when you make it into a plushie it doesn't it kind of loses the you know the corners vice versa when you have a lumpy character and you make it from into resin you can't squeeze it you know it kind of it kind of isn't the expectation of what the texture so when you see the character needs to be squishy is what you're saying well you should know about that right yes I do <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think, well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. I just think, you know, the character is a friendly, lumpy, frumpy character. Or frumpy, but, you know, like a fat type character. You want to squeeze it. You want to be able to fluffy. hug. Fluffy. fluffy. He's lovable. Fluffy. Fluffy. Exactly. Right. Fluffy. I'm not fat, I'm fluffy. Huggable. So, J Corp, before we let you go, and we are like, really. That's it? That's it? I could sit here for another hour. hour. You make time. We'll have fly. to have you back. 
Absolutely, I'd love to. Uh, uh, Bike Girl, do we green light uh, episode two with uh, oh. Boonicorn's mama here? Easily. All right, so we'll do a we'll do a round two. But before we let you go now, why don't you remind our listeners and your new fans where they can find you online and on Instagram and send you some money, please? Oh yeah, well that would be great too. Um, so uh, the Instagram handle is at jcorptm. So that's J C O R P T M hard P and uh, the same handle all over the other social medias. Um, the website is the same thing, www.jcorptm.com. Um, and if the link is in my bio uh, and uh, the web store for Boonicorn specifically um, is on there as well. It's uh, boonicorn.bigcartel.com. John, it's been fun, huh? It's been really fun. Yeah, I, I, can't I like it's getting over, to know you a little bit more and, all about a little bit more about Boonicorn too. I learned a lot, and since uh, you know, I think she's a little bit of a prophet because she said all skater boys draw Bart Simpson. <laughs> a skater boy just walked in. We're gonna chat with him next, and you know what? He drew Bart Simpson. Did so, he? Yes. So I think uh, J Corp is wise by beyond her years. It could be because she creates some transcendent beings, fluffy, with mm-hmm. horns. A-horn. A-horn. Yeah. A-horn. Uni means Uni. one. Uni. Unicycle. You did not know that? Yes, I did. Eunuch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's spelled differently. That's the EU, and that one is when you get rid of the one. And that's the <laughs> and end the of this two episode. that go with it. We are sold out with J Corp. <laughs>